0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Upfront Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. This year is Ryan Coyle, joined as always for our weekly show, NFL Big Five Games of the Week, by Kevin Cannon. Uh, welcome back to the show, Kevin. We, we head into week 13 here, a big week. We're starting to get some really good games on the schedule and some really important matchups that'll determine what we see come playoff time. But welcome back, as always, and how are we?
1: Good, yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of good matchups this week. I spent a lot of time thinking about them and struggled with a couple definitely.
0: Yeah, there. this was the first week that I had to – there was like six or seven that I could have put on for our top five and I had to kind of dwindle that list down. So that was kind of an exciting part because there's been a bunch of weeks where I've had to put in a few games that might not exactly be the most exciting. But uh, here we are week 13. We're hitting the home stretch. We had very good week. 12 between the two of us i went 10 and 7 hit the upset with the jags beating the ravens and then had the best bet of under in the broncos panthers game that hit and you went 12 and five really good week there you had the upset with the browns over the bucks as well as your best bet with dolphins minus 12 so we had our second clean sweep of the year on the best bet under dog uh, upset special. So hopefully we can carry that momentum here into week 13. As I said, in the prelude, we have a, a bunch of good and meaningful games this week to get into. So we'll start it off. Uh didn't include the Thursday night Patriots bills game. That was the one I decided to keep off the list from, from this five of, of, really good games. So we'll, we'll start it off on Sunday. We got the seven and four New York jets. Not to sh- not sure the last time that happened at the nine and two Vikings Vikings are minus three here over under 45 and a half. One o'clock kickoff on CBS.
1: I got the Vikings winning 23, Jets 14. The Vikings covering those three points. The under of 45 and a half hidden. As we get deeper into the season, like we are talking about earlier, these games are getting a little harder to pick, and I definitely spent a lot of time thinking about these games, and this was one of them. The Jets will likely start Mike White again, who had a great week last week, and he's making it very difficult for the Jets to return to Zach Wilson. I'm sure everyone in the locker room is kind of riding for Mike White right now, and going back to Zach Wilson would be pretty tough because he's not played well, and there's just been weird things with comments in the media with him. But the Vikings had a very nice bounce-back week last week against the Pats. It was good to see the Vikings' offense look good again, and the Pats have a pretty solid defense, so that wasn't just a fluke. This week, the Vikings are getting the Jets, who are fourth in the league, in points allowed, though, so another tough matchup. The Vikings have their weapons to score on any defense though and I think they'll be able to score more plays than the Jets here. I'm not sure what to really make of the Jets still especially with the quarterback change and I haven't been huge on them all year but they do have a good record and they win games that they're supposed to but I'm going with the Vikings.
0: I'm taking the Vikings too. I'll take them to cover and the under as well so uh, straight across the board there, we got the same picks. I'll take it a little bit higher scoring, though. I'll go with Vikings 24, Jets 20. Mike Sh- White show back in town, and maybe it's here say, like you said, Kev, it- it's going to be kind of hard to turn back to Zach Wilson, especially after you saw the teammates and the coaching staff really seem to rally around Mike White. Seems like he's much more beloved in the locker room, and two out of his four starts as an nfl quarterback he's gone over 300 yards and three tds one start he left early due to an injury and then one start last year he went for zero touchdowns and four interceptions so he's been kind of hit or miss but i was at his first start actually up at metlife when they beat the bengals and he outdueled joe burrow in that one and then he had a really impressive performance again last week so It remains to be seen if he's just like a spot starter type guy who can come in and win you a game or two. Or maybe he's like a Taylor Heineke where he can kind of ride some momentum and then maybe even take the Jets to the playoffs. Um, But he gets another chance this week to potentially cement himself as that guy going forward in New York. If he can outduel Kirk Cousins and the 9-2 Vikings, it's going to be really hard to turn back to Zach Wilson at any point this year. I'm very surprised to see the Jets come into this as only uh, three-point dogs on the road here. Or as three point, yeah, as only three point dogs, it's. I thought Minnesota would be more of like four or five. At the end of the day, it still is Mike White in the lineup. I, I trust Kirk Cousins, even though Kirk Cousins seems to flop in big spots at times. I do trust him more, just due to his overall lengthy NFL resume, than a young quarterback like Mike White. Um, but it was an impressive bounce back performance last week by the Vikings against a very good Patriots defense. They scored thirty three points after only having three on the Cowboys a week prior. That was just a a really good turnaround on a short week, too. I thought that was a a good testament to the coaching staff that they were able to kind of flip the switch. And uh, this is a stat that I've been talking about when we've mentioned the Vikings a bunch this year. Even though Dalvin Cook only ran for 42 yards last week, the Vikings stayed patient with the run, and they made the Pats defend that. They handed the ball to Dalvin 22 times, and that just kept defenders in the box and opened stuff up a lot for Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. The Vikings do remain undefeated when they hand the ball to Dalvin Cook 13 times or more this year. If the Jets have a weak point on that defense, it is the run game where they are allowing 111 yards per game. I think even if uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner is able to limit Justin Jefferson, I think Cousins, especially playing at 1 p.m. with the ability to potentially run the ball, uh, a pretty good, good amount on this jets defense i think that'll open up stuff for this vikings offense again and get them another win i'm just not banking on two weeks consistent in a row of mike white uh, having having a nice performance so i go with the vikings minus three and then under 45 and a half there second game of the week we go to the nfc east now big matchup here with the commanders at seven and five at the seven and four giants commanders minus one and a half point favorites here on the road over under 40 and a half one o'clock kickoff on fox
1: I got the commanders winning a close one. 21 Giants 20. The Giants covering in the over of 40 and a half hidden. Two teams that seem to be heading in opposite directions. The commanders are playing really well while the Giants have fallen off a little bit after their really hot start. I think I'll go with the hotter team and the team I just believe in more. I like the commanders a lot, actually. Their defense is solid and they'll be adding Chase Young back hopefully this week after Tearing his ACL last year and then last week having something to do with a flu or flu like symptoms. So, hopefully, he'll be good to go and add some depth to that already really good defensive line. The offense also found a little bit of their identity pounding the rock. Brian Robinson has been getting better all season and will just run anyone over and looks really good. And Taylor Heineke's good enough as he's proven so far this year and in previous years to make big throws when needed. The Giants have exceeded expectations already, in my opinion, and I never really took them seriously. I don't think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people were expecting them to kind of falter down the stretch like this a little bit. They need a great game from Saquon, in my opinion, in this game, and they definitely could get it. But I'm going to take the commanders on the road here.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really <laughs> tough game. This is probably my... One that I struggled to pick the most, I had to do a bit of a double take when I saw that the commanders were actually seven and five. It's crazy the turnaround that they've had since Heineke's came in the lineup. They're one and four, I believe it was, heading into that Thursday night game against the Bears. And now they are seven and five. Um, this is a matchup between the second and third wildcard teams currently in the NFC and a big division game, as the loser of this one will only have three division losses on the year. Um, sorry, I had a bit of a lag there. The loser of this game will have three division losses on the year. I know the Eagles, it looks like, have a pretty good grip on the division. The Cowboys are still there, but the loser of this one takes themselves out of the chance for the division at all. Um, the Giants have seemed to came back to earth a bit recently and are really hurting on offense just due to the limited options, I think, in the passing game. The three leading receivers for New York this year or on Thanksgiving where Darius Slayton Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins not exactly a killer passing trio that's going to be keeping Jack Del Rio and the defensive staff in Washington up this week uh, with that being said they still find ways to hang around and just be in games they they've played turnover free football for most of the year only committing 11 turnovers tied for fourth fuse in the NFL in the six games that Taylor Heineke's played in this year he's turned it over six times I think that means He's, he's more likely than not going to cough the football up, and it could be in a big spot. I think when you do that on the road, especially against a team like the Giants, it doesn't seem to turn the ball over a lot. That's going to give them the edge. So I think at home here, if they do find a way to play mistake-free football and cause a Taylor Heineke turnover or two, I think they find the way to get a big win here in the divisional game. So I'm going to take the Giants in this one at home as underdogs. I'm going to take them 20-17, to 17, Giants plus 1.5 and under 40.5 hits there. All right, third game now we go to the beef up front tailgate game. That is the seven and four Titans at the ten and one Eagles. Eagles minus five and a half, over under forty-four and a half. One o'clock kick on Fox. What are your thoughts on this one, Kev?
1: Very excited for the tailgate on Sunday. But unfortunately, I'm going with the Titans here, 24, Eagles 20, the Titans covering and the under a 44 and a half hit. And I don't know if it's the pessimism in me or skepticism about the Eagles, but I'm going with the Titans. I think the Titans will still out to stop all aspects of the run game, with that being Hurt, Sanders, Gainwell and Scott. The Titans do have a solid defense and could slow down the running game. And then the bigger question is, will the Eagles be able to stop the Titans run game? I don't know if I'd bet on it. I think Derrick Henry, even if he doesn't have a great yardage game, like going crazy or something, just the constant like of him running into people all game long, it's going to wear it out on the Eagles secondary, especially. And they've shown throughout the year that they're not real big tacklers and keen on tackling. And I think the loss of... Chauncey Gardner Johnson's also going to be big because he's often the one creating turnovers in the back end. And I know Blankenship had a nice pick against Rodgers last week, but as the game went on, I did not like what I saw out of him the entire game, especially on that. Christian Watson, TD, he took just a terrible angle that ended up allowing Watson to score. The Eagles want to win. I think Jalen's going to need to have a big day from the pocket, which I believe he can. I just don't feel good going up against the Titans who are known to play well against underdogs as underdogs and tennessee's shown that they can be taken seriously on the road and i think they will here
0: yeah this was uh another really tough pick for me like you said the titans are are very good um with mike rayball as underdogs and it seems when they're favorites like at home that is when they they shit the bed i think back against the wall when they're really good and that's where they thrive the most but i'm gonna take philly to win this one not the most confident pick uh, of the season for me so i'll definitely take the titans to thread the needle with the spread there i'll go eagles 27 titans 23 a bit of a high scoring affair titans plus five and a half and over 44 and a half i think this one i'm gonna keep it pretty simple it's gonna be who can run the ball successfully and who's going to be able to stop the run on top of that. Whatever team is able to do those two things at a higher level together, I think is going to come out on top in this one. The Eagles are the third best rushing team in the league with 162 yards per game. You listed out all those options they can throw at you. And then as we know, the Titans for the past several years now live and die with Derrick Henry, who's the second leading rusher in the league. And they have the 12th best rushing offense in the league. Ryan Tannehill hasn't really been doing much running since he came back from that ankle injury, but he has proven at times if they're going to run some of those read option type plays, he can tuck it and run. He has some wheels to him as well. And then on the defensive side, the Eagles are in the middle of the pack in terms of rush defense around the league average, allowing 120 yards per game. But then the Titans have a stellar rush defense, only allowing 84 and a half yards per game, good enough for third in the league. So I think this one is really going to come down to the rushing game and the rushing defense. Um, when either of these teams get too pass heavy and detached from that run-first identity that I think we both believe that is really the calling card for these two teams' offenses, that's when we see them struggle at times. That means to me it could come down to potentially one big play in the passing game because I don't have full trust still in the Eagles' passing offense. No matter how good Jalen did play last week, they still only threw for 151 yards per game. The bread and butter is on the ground still. But if they're able to get one big play in the passing game, I think that's the difference. And I think that's why the Eagles have the the leg up in this one. I'm going to trust A.J. Brown and kind of in that revenge factor. He's going to have some revenge on his mind. And I think he has a big play in the fourth quarter to kind of separate from the Titans here. I think the Eagles are going to be trailing 23-20. And then we get a long A.J. Brown touchdown at the end of the game. And Jalen has another stellar fourth quarter drive yet again, which he's been doing time and time again this year, it seems like so. I'm scared to bet against Mike Vrabel as an underdog, but I think it has to be done here for the sake of the beef tailgate. We'll go Eagles 27, Titans 23, uh, but Titans plus five and a half, as well as the over 44 and a half hit in there. Fourth game of the week, a really good matchup, and I wouldn't be surprised if we did see these two teams meet up down the line in the Super Bowl. That is the Dolphins at eight and three. I Thought that they would be a solid team, but like a nine and eight, a 10 and seven. I think they have a real chance to win the division at the 49ers. They were my NFC Super Bowl team, seven and four. They're starting to come into come into shape. The 49ers minus three and a half here at home, over under 46 and a half with a four five kick on Fox. Give me your thoughts on this matchup here. You
1: got the 49ers winning 24, Dolphins 20, the 49ers covering that three and a half, and the under 46 and a half hidden. Mike McDaniel will be facing off against his mentor, Kyle Shanahan. So I'm sure both of them will be in defensive meetings all week talking about what to expect from each other because they both know each other pretty well and have similar systems. I'm scared of the Niners, though. Their defense is legit. They have been playing lights out recently. The Dolphins have been good all year at, long as well but two has been playing at a high level and he also has the playmakers to make him look just really special when he gets the ball and in the hands of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, all those people on the outside and Christian McCaffrey though has a slight knee issue I saw today so hopefully he's able to go but I think the 49ers will still be able to put up some points on the Dolphins where their defense has been a little bit vulnerable throughout the year but I think the Dolphins will have more tough sliding against the Niners defense the game in in San Francisco, I do think it should have been flexed to the Sunday night football game and taking out the Cowboys, but unfortunately not. And Kyle Shanahan and Zach in the best Mike McDaniel in their first matchup against each other.
0: I am in favor of your pick there, Kevin, as well. Across the board, I'm going to take 49ers, 24, Dolphins, 17. So Niners minus three and a half and under 46 and a half. We have all heard the stat by now, I think, that the Dolphins are undefeated in every game this year that Tua has started and finished, which, very impressive stat, and it gives you, I think, a real reason to believe, like I said at the beginning of this matchup, the Dolphins not only have a shot at winning this game, but potentially making a deep playoff run as well. has received a lot of criticism over these past few seasons, but here we are entering Week 13, and he's currently the third favorite for the MVP behind Patrick Mahomes and our guy Jalen Hurts at plus 500. If he wins this game, and one of those guys struggles this week um, with the Chiefs playing the Bengals and then the Eagles playing the Titans. Two of might vault himself up with a big game into the MVP lead, especially against this really good San Francisco defense. He's been accurate taking care of the football, like you said, and then he gets the ball into the playmaker's hands and lets them do the damage. They've also found another dimension in a real downhill running game since they added Jeff Wilson to the lineup. And then you have the speed with Raheem Mostert as well, if he's able to get back in the lineup this week. This week, though, they get their toughest battle yet with a 49ers team that has been the def- best defense in the league, arguably, for the entire season, especially over the like second half since we started. They've really came into round. Um, they've held their opponents to zero points in the second half for four straight games. If the Dolphins fall behind early on, on the road here, too, will they be able to come back? I think that is really what this game is going to come down to. Their last five wins have been over the Texans, Browns, Bears, Lions, and Steelers, all teams who are under 500. This is a big test against a big boy football team, which I, no matter the Eagles' record, still at 10-1, I think I'm still going to be leaning 49ers to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC as of this moment. I just think this week the physical nature of this 49ers team kind of pushes the Dolphins around, especially with star left tackle Teron Armstead out of the lineup. I think that 49ers defensive line is able to have their way a little bit up front. Christian McCaffrey I think has his best day yet for this offense and the 49ers keep on rolling. So Niners minus three and a half under 46 and a half. But I think this is going to be a very good matchup. All right. Fifth and final game of the week. Rematch of last year's AFC title game. We got the 9-2 and two Chiefs traveling to Cincinnati to play the 7-4 and four Bengals. Chiefs minus 2.5 over under 52.5, 425 kick on CBS. Give me your thoughts on this AFC title game rematch, Kev.
1: Another great matchup, just like we were talking about before the show. We got the Chiefs 33, Bengals 31, the Bengals covering, in the over of 52.5 Hidden. I struggled with this pick. I've always been a big believer in the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. And I also have been a little more skeptical than most of the Bengals. I think they may have caught a little bit of lightning in the bottle last year, the ride of the Super Bowl. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think they're a very good team, and Barrow is very good too, but I don't hold them in the same high regard as the Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. I think Mahomes will want to avenge those two tough losses last year that saw them blow uh, double point leads in both of the games as well. The Chiefs offense is clicking and they'll be tough to stop. With that being said, the Bengals will be especially hard to stop too. Jamar Chase probably coming back and T Higgins has really emerged on the Bengals offense showing that he can be a number one receiver when needed. I think throughout the game, each team just trades blows and the Chiefs get the last chance and take advantage.
0: I like the Chiefs to win this one, too. Pretty close score to you, too, Kev. I'm going to take them 34-33 over the Bengals, so I'll have Bengals plus 2.5 or 52.5 thread the needle there. So I, I like the Chiefs to win this one, but wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Bengals find a way at home here. Like like we said at the beginning of this, a rematch of last year's AFC title game in which the Chiefs blew a big lead in the second half. Uh, we know that they've had this one circuit on their date all offseason. For On their calendar for revenge. Um, I would assume Joe Mixon returns from his concussion this week. And as you were talking about, it sounds like Jamar Chase has a decent match or a decent chance to return to this matchup as well. That would be pretty much fully healthy. I know Kadarius, Tony and Juju are a little banged up right now. I, I think Juju might be back. I believe he was dealing with a concussion. Kadarius, Tony didn't practice today, but with a hamstring so we'll see with him but these teams are pretty much all fully healthy and this is what these two teams will most likely look like come playoff time if there is isn't matchup again i think mahomes and burrow i'm curious but after i wrap up i think mahomes and burrow have a better chance to be the next like brady manning than josh allen and patrick mahomes i think allen's just a bit overrated and i think the way he plays i think he's going to get hurt a few more times joe burrow being more that pocket guy I think he's going to have a longer, more sustainable career. Um, But I think these two go at a back-and-forth affair with not much defense being played. Mahomes and the Chiefs have won 26 consecutive games in November and December and always seem to step up to the challenge in these big games. So I think Burrow leads them on a late drive to take the lead. But as we've seen time and time again, um, this has happened with Tom Brady year after year, Mahomes just gets a little bit too much time and he takes the Chiefs down the field for a last-second field goal to win it on the road and rip out the Bengals heart again. Um, but Chiefs 34, Bengals 33, Bengals plus two and a half over 52 and a half. What are your thoughts on that Brady-Manning kind of comparison?
1: I think it's valid. There's definitely some people will push back on you about the, your Josh Allen comment. I think he is up there, but um, it should be fun to see how that conference unfolds over the next few years.
0: Yeah, this is definitely the next wave. These, these two um, – Herbert, I think, gets to win a little bit more. Lamar, maybe even throw him in there. Josh Allen's kind of taking over of that Rodgers, Brady, Manning that we grew up with. So it's exciting to watch this next kind of wave come in. But all right, now we get to our best bet and our upset special. As always, like we said last week, we did a clean sweep of 4-0, hitting on two underdog money lines as well as two of our best bets, mine being the under and the Broncos Panthers. You're being Dolphins minus 12. We'll start off with best bet this week. I'll take under 40.5 in that Commanders-Giants game. As I touched on earlier, my final score with Giants, 20, Commanders 17. Neither team, I think, brings a very scary offense to the table. Give credit to the Commanders for finding ways to win, but you look at those wins, they're low 20s or in the teens, they're usually scoring besides that Eagles game. And then uh, I, I think we just see a lot of running in this one with the limited options in the passing game for the Giants. I know where their bread is butter, giving the ball to Saquon, and even letting Daniel Jones have some quarterback runs. I think this is 2017 Giants, as I touched on. i uh, have just not feeling much offense in this one. Neither of these teams have a, a scary unit on that side of the ball. I like the under to hit with a heavy dose of the run game.
1: I got the Browns minus seven against the Texans. Deshaun's first game back in nearly two years. I do think they're going to ease them into the game and into the system, and there's no better way to do that against – the Texans have a pretty bad defense and the Browns just have a great backfield. So I think they'll be able to run the ball all over them all day long.
0: I was tempted to take the Texans as my, my upset special here. I think, I think they're going to find a way to get one more win. And I feel like it would just be such a NFL storyline thing. If they found a way to do it against Deshaun after everything that he did or whatever, not get into that, but that that's a, that's one I had penciled. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that one. But they are a much better team, and if Deshaun turns to form, they could easily win that game by two scores. Uh, now we go to the upset special. I'll go not the biggest underdog in the world, but the Lions, you can get them at plus 100 here at home over the Jaguars. Just don't have the Jags uh, confidence in the Jags to win two in a row. They needed some late-game heroics last week to beat the Ravens, which I predicted. But uh, Lions on extra rest and at home, they've been playing better lately. They challenged the Bills last week. I think that extra rest as well, and like I said, the Jaguars had that really tough fought down to the last play game against the Ravens. I think that could be a bit of an emotional hangover type type victory, and I think the Lions find a way to get a win at home here where Dan Campbell knows like if they want to get to six or seven wins by the end of the year, this is one of those games that they got to snag. So Lions plus 100 over the Jaguars for my upset pick.
1: My upset pick. I'm going Raiders plus 108 versus the Chargers. If you listen to the show ever before, you know I'm not very high on the Chargers and never have been. But these teams, I think, normally play close games, and I'm just going to trust Derek Carr. He's shown that he can win in the clutch, and I think he loves doing it. So I'm going Raiders.
0: Do you think that game will go to overtime? Third straight Raiders win?
1: Walk well, off win again. Yeah, that'd be nice.
0: All right. Well, that will do it for week 13 here at NFL Big Five Games of the Week. We're, we're in the home stretch. Every game from here on out matters a lot for, for playoff seeding, division winners and whatnot. So any last second comments before we head out, Kev?
1: Yeah, I hope to see everyone Sunday at the Beef Up Front tailgate.
0: All right. Sounds good. Beef Up Front tailgate. Make sure to tune in to the social medias. We'll be dropping our, our location and looking forward to a fun day down there. Uh, but sounds good. We will talk next week and go birds.